This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm actor and comedian Griffin Newman. And I'm film critic David Sim. Together, we host Blank Check, a movie podcast where week by week we overanalyze directors' complete filmographies. In each new series, we discuss filmmakers who experience early success and are issued a series of blank checks by Hollywood to make their own crazy passion projects. Now, sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce, baby. We're joined each week by incredible guests, including actors, writers, and directors. So you can follow Blank Check with Griffin and David on Spotify for new episodes every Sunday. Welcome to Unspooled Top 3. Top 3. <laughs> I'm Amy Nicholson. And I am Paul Shear. And we believe the best way to get to know someone is through the movies that they love. Top 3 is an exploration of people's three favorite films. It doesn't have to be the best, but it's some of their favorite stuff. And today we have an amazing well, duo uh, because they are husband and wife. And they have impeccable film taste. They also have an amazing podcast we'll talk about in one second. Uh, first, let me introduce actor, comedian, best-selling author, Patton Oswald, and actress, podcaster, Meredith Salinger. Hi. <laughs> hello, hello. Thanks for having us. I love you both as people, but I love your podcast because... Um, you're a married couple, uh, that people know, but the, that you text each other in, in the house, right? And, and, uh, and you text, you know, and this is something that I experienced with my wife. You know, we are in, we are feet away from each other communicating on text. And, and, and the, this idea for a podcast to me was just a genius idea. Like, how did it all come together for you to take your text and make it into a show? Well, I mean, you know, all during the shutdown, Meredith kept saying we should do a podcast. And I was, and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I didn't think we had an original angle into how do we talk about the world? How do we talk about things? And then uh, just over the months of. We, Is that we, what happened? Is that what happened? <laughs> I kept I kept shooting down. I think it was more there. like it was like the beginning of coronavirus and jobs got canceled. Like mm -hmm. every all his shows shut down. His tour was canceled. We're sitting at home. We're like you know, there's nothing going on. We should probably do a podcast. But because I came up with the idea, 
you were like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And then like a year later, when coronavirus was on the end, he's like, you know, that was a good idea. Let's do that. It wasn't well, like we, we sat there pondering that well, we. <laughs> I wanted to ponder because I did, you know, I, I wanted a what is our angle into this? And then yeah. when I realized the amount of texting that we do, like we it's to the point where we have we have been lying in bed next to each other at night and Meredith will find a perfect position but that her back is to me. And if I want to show her something, occurs, own, I've got, you know, yeah, you know, when you find the perfect position in bed. Yeah. You got to stay in it. That's the way you our have to backs be were to each other. And we were in bed, but our backs were to each other and he's on his phone and I'm on my phone. And he's like, Oh, I, I got to show you this. And he always wants to show me what he's looking at. So I always have to like turn over and look. <laughs> yeah. And I was like perfectly positioned. And, and I was like, just, just text it to me. <laughs> like, well, so. what was amazing was she would always struggle with that. Like uh, she would try to turn and look at it. And then it finally got to that one night and she said it without shame. Like, you're going to need to text that to me. I know that I'm six inches from you. You need to text it because I'm not losing this position. I oh found it. my gosh. <laughs> I love it. Well, this is very similar. Uh, my wife and I, like we have uh, two kids and they sleep in bunk beds. And so mm. given on the night, uh, one of us will be in the top bunk. One will be in the bottom bunk. And we will be on text chains with like other like people and we, we're having a full conversation. Like we're just literally I'm above her. She's above me. And it's like I'm wondering, like, do people think that we are not even in the same room because we're reacting to things at different times based on, uh, you know, like <laughs> we should be together here. We are right there. So, yeah, I, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I do. I do love this podcast. It's did you get my text and it's available wherever you get your podcast. But because, you know, I think that the most romantic thing you can do is text a picture to somebody who's only uh, six inches away from you. Uh, we wanted to kind of uh, talk to you about something that I feel like would be a little bit different than we normally do top three. Top three, we let the the world be your oyster, whatever movies you want. But we wanted to kind of isolate you both because I think you both are movie lovers and give you a little bit more of a challenge. So we wanted to do your top three romantic films like the the films that 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 say love to you okay well my first choice is kind of easy and obvious uh and i'm sorry to any uh film buffs that are listening but i'm picking 1964 as the umbrellas of cherbourg the umbrellas of cherbourg from 1964 perhaps the epic musical romance of all time uh written and directed by jack demi and starring Catherine deneuve Nino Castelnuovo, Anne Vernon, and Marc Michel. Classic. It is, not only is it a classic, it is It is an experience. He recreates the giddiness of being in love because every single line of dialogue in this film is sung. Although it's not done as a musical. Nobody breaks out into dance. People walk around and live their lives normally, but they sing everything to each other. And the colors and the look of the little town of Cherbourg and this young couple played by Catherine Deneuve, who has, I mean, she's always been gorgeous, but this was the movie that it, she exploded on the world, like an A-bomb, basically. she You cannot believe how gorgeous she is. And it is one of those, it, it's very, it's a very French romance in that it is about true love. And then is then it's about, losing that love and then it's about they don't get back together they look back fondly on this memory and they meet later but they're not together anymore and they you see that kind of sadness of 
why didn't this work out? Sometimes yeah. perfect love doesn't work out. And it this movie nails it all so perfectly. And I can't stress to you that it happens while everyone is singing the dialogue and you're just completely tied into this movie. I love this idea of a movie that also celebrates like a love that was right for the moment, right? Like, you know, and that's something that I don't think that people talk about. I think it's always like, oh, it's forever. But it's like, sometimes it's just for that year, that month, that weekend, that summer, whatever it is. And it's, and I feel like we, we kind of poo poo that because we want like that, that more traditional, like we met and it's then 90 years later. But I love that about this movie. And I will say that if you're a fan of Flight of the Concords, they did a great episode that yes, actually my did. wife is in uh, that uh, kind of pays a little bit of an homage to it with uh, the umbrella bicycle spinning. Riding. Uh, they have bicycle riding. They do a whole little mm-hmm. number uh, all in French, like made up <sighs> French. Uh, like, And it's so, uh, so if you're a fan of Flight of the Concords and you remember that bicycle riding, umbrella spinning. Uh, I love that date, episode. Uh, such a great well, one. You so. should watch Umbrellas of Cherbourg because it is, <laughs> it's that episode, but for 90 minutes. And it's, it, I mean, just, just the color theme itself is, is amazing. Were this you film. able to open your heart up to La La Land in the same way, given that it kind of did so many homages to this film? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I loved La La Land for what it was. And I, and I was able to appreciate the nods that it was giving to stuff like American in Paris and Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and there were all these little touches. But this is the this is the single malt whiskey, and a La La Land <laughs> is that single malt whiskey cut with um, Diet Coke. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's still tasty, but I want I want the pure single malt, and that's what this is. Ah, uh, I love the way that should be the tagline. Yeah, <laughs> but also it really has. It's, it's like those movies, like Baby It's You or Annie Hall, that that like Paul said, it's about a romance that is perfect in a very specific time, and then one of the one or both of the partners grows and changes, and they don't know why it doesn't work anymore. They're not worse people; they're just different people now. And it, oh, it, I, I'm not doing it justice. I don't want to ruin it, but it's but amazing. seeing somebody that that knowing look that you can capture where you have spent so much of your time with this person or you had a moment with them mm-hmm. and it's over, but yet there's still that connection there. I feel like that's what this movie kind of has too. that. They, it's a very, it's just, it's a feeling. And if you, yeah, I, I, I feel like it captures that so beautifully in this movie. Oh. Yeah. I feel like that idea of having that romance for a small period of time and you know, like I love the movie, a little romance mm. with Diane Lane yes. and yeah, Laurence Olivier. And, and that, I mean, they're young, they're young, young kids that fall in love and Laurence Olivier sort of helps them on there. And I think from his perspective, looking at this young love, like there's a nostalgia to him, like this is for just this moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to help these two be in love. These two young kids, I don't know how old they're like 13, 14, 15, 16, right. something like that. Um, and, but you know, this love story is only for this small time to kiss under the bridge of size is only this one small captured moment in their lives. And I love that romance and the idea of it just being for that, that moment. It's kind of a love story. It's almost a nostalgic movie that Lawrence Olivier is watching. You know, it's like, he's just watching a sweet moment of time. 
And, you know, I've been talking about this a lot, and this is not exactly a love story, but it reminded me of this movie a little bit is Annette because of all the the dialogue, singing dialogue through the whole. Yeah. It's a, it's a, just something that's so different. And obviously the love of that is such a bizarre, but especially in the beginning, there's more of that. But it's a but I do. I just love when you play with the form in a different way. It's not just a traditional musical. It, there's casual oh. conversations here that are being sung. It's this like, you know, you're just seeing this very. I don't know. It's 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 really it it has to be seen. It's a beautiful beautiful movie. I love this. is a great first pick. A great way to get into it. And we yeah. were saying before it got started, we were before we started recording, we we're talking about this idea. Like sometimes I think romantic films get a bad rap, but there are bad there are bad of every they're bad everything. So there's bad action movies. There are bad superhero movies. But rom coms seem to or rom coms or romantic films seem to hold the weight of their worst one. Oh boy, they really yeah that that's the one where the flavor of a bad one taints the entire batch and it's not fair because there are some brilliant human films in that genre that that deserve as much attention as any other genre i I feel like for whatever reason like sometimes like if you say like romantic comedy romance movie i don't know why how to lose a guy in 10 days comes up i don't think i've ever seen it but like that image or like it's like that's what's indicative of i know there are there are ones that i love so much more but it's like i feel like it's the way that some people just go to Carrot Top. It's like, oh, I'm going to make a joke about Carrot. It's it's like something becomes like representative of such. It's like, that's not the thing. But yeah. It, I don't know. It made me want to protect that Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum movie that just came out, The Lost City. Because oh, I don't right. think we've had like a big budget studio romantic comedy in theaters in a decade. Maybe mm-hmm. it yeah. might be a full on decade. And we got one. So I was like, huzzah. You're right. I think The Lost City and then what was the last big I think like Hitch was the last big budget. Well, like, I think yeah. Long Shot. Right? Huh? Long Shot like Long Shot with Seth and Charlie's. I mean oh, that's yeah, like a, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's like but uh but I mean but like this idea of like also like a big complicated thing. I feel like you know uh like the Michael Douglas uh movies um you know Jewel the Nile and like Romance yeah, the Stone like, like yeah. ones, traveling something that's felt jumpsuits. bigger than people just falling in love, you know. It's like this idea. I lo- I love those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. All right, so sorry Meredith, uh what is your pick here? Um well, I have an I have three great ones, but okay, great. Uh, I just wanted to bring up one that's sort of out of the box. Like you were okay. saying, like, why did uh, how to lose a man in 10 days or whatever the one you just yeah. said was uh, that one yeah. that that's the thing. But like the idea of romance and love and I would say the movie Midnight Run, first of all, oh. it's my favorite film ever. It's the one of the best. Midnight Run from 1988. It is an all-time buddy comedy starring Robert De Niro as a bail bondsman tasked to drive mob accountant Charles Grodin from New York to Los Angeles. Midnight Run is directed by the Martin Briss of Beverly Hills Cop, Scent of a Woman, and Gigli, starring newlyweds Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, proving that nobody knows a better formula for chemistry than Breast. It really has all the elements of a romantic comedy, but it's between Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Like the love that's the two, and, and I don't mean falling in love romantically. I mean, right. like, like actually end up loving each other at the end of this, uh, where they, you know, the typical romantic comedy sort of starts out like, I hate you. you you're annoying. Right. Like, it's always like they don't like each other at the beginning. Usually they hate each other and then they fall right. in love slowly. And, um, and in Midnight Run, it's sort of the same thing. Like it starts out with this very... Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm bringing you in, you know, they hate that there's that like a hate that he doesn't want to be with him. And through the course of their like planes, trains and automobiles, uh, 
story to get to the very end of the movie and they're like best friends and he falls you know robert is like i'm gonna let you go i'm not gonna give you to the cops i'm gonna let you go and yeah. that's like the most love you could ever give someone is their freedom and because you really actually care about them and it's not a it's not a romantic comedy it's a comedy and it's not romantic love but it is love and it is I just, it's one of my favorite films of all oh time. And I God. just, I really I, do think it fits in with this. I, I love, I, I love that. And, and by the way, you know, when you're saying that, I think I feel that same way about planes, trains and automobiles yes. because that like that heart, you know, it's a, you feel these moments. And I think you're right. You can have those same feelings of, of, of connecting to people. It doesn't always have to be romantic. It doesn't have to be like, right. but if you're going to, if it's going to be romance, like real romance, you know, love romantic romance, um, Smokey and the Bandit, number one. Smokey and the Bandit from 1977, directed by Hal Needham and starring Burt Reynolds and Sally Field. They're in a Trans Am. They're on the run. They're having fun. And Sally Field and Burt Reynolds start dating on this movie after meeting on set. Sally Field and Burt Reynolds, the, the relationship between the two of them, the chemistry is so incredible. It's just, I, it, it's also... First of all, it's the reason why I became an actress, because when I saw that movie, I was like, <sighs> Sally Field, she's my, that's what I want to be. That's like what that. I want to do. Yeah. Um, but just like, and they're crazy adventures, but they didn't start out like hating each other. It was sort of like in awe, like, what is this person? You know, he looks at her like, you're this crazy woman who just is wearing a wedding dress. You're like jumping around like a frog in my car. They're just like so drawn to each other. I have I have grown to have such an appreciation for Burt Re- young mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds. I love like, him so he's much. Such a movie star. White movie Lightning, star. Gator. Yes. Like these movies, like you're like, oh, I get it. I get get charming. why this. No yeah. one is more charming. No one is more charisma. He, he's one of those actors like Halle Berry or Will Smith, um, where he's almost so charming. They're almost too charming for their own good that you'd forget that, oh, no, they can act, but they're just such movie stars before they're actors. Yeah. Sometimes it's like they have to struggle to get some respectability because it seems so effortless for them. And in a way it is. They're just born to be movie stars. It's not their fault. It's just how they look. It's not not your fault you're a movie star. Don't worry about it. You you don't have to cry. You're a movie star. Chin up. You look at young Will, young young Burt Reynolds, especially like you said in Gator and mm. White Lightning. You're like the dude is just the most natural person in front of a camera. You yeah. can't take your eyes off. Yeah, but and I hear what you're saying. Like sometimes I look at that old Cosmo spread of him on the rug, and I am just startled that he was like a man who existed on this earth. Like I'm just startled <laughs> that we were given him. I'm glad he found a camera. It, it like cheeky too. Like he was hot and sexy, but like. He was cheeky about it. He wasn't oh, yeah. like trying to be hot and sexy like all the people on like the CW, those guys in those in those shows, like, you know, the OC or whatever. They're trying so hard to be sexy. But Burt Reynolds just was like laughing. He was best friends with Dom DeLuise, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. I mean, they had like this laughable charm to them. They didn't take themselves so seriously. And yet that that like smile, that laugh that that he has is so enticing amy you brought up the 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 cosmo centerfold like his expression in that photo is can you fucking believe that playboy centerfold looks like he's cracking up i know and it's that twinkle it's that twinkle in his eye that just makes it even better i mean i'm a i'm a um i'm a best little whorehouse in texas girl 
Mm. And like to me, that's just the ultimate. Yeah. I just Damn, saw that. Dolly I just Parton, saw that two too. And I thought specimens like going yeah. just dominating a room together. Oh, they're oh. so good. It's so interesting. And we just talked about Boogie Nights on the show. And the fact that that performance uh-huh. is so wonderful and that he hated it is such a conflicting thing. It's like, it's, <laughs> yeah. like you, you nailed it. Like you are a good actor, too. You got this amazing part. You It's nuanced and subtle and you're so good. And you give away your awards because you hated it. Like but if you watch early stuff like Deliverance and even there's scenes in Gator when he confronts the young prostitute he's like how old are you like he can act when he wants to he he's doing some complicated and especially stuff like um uh seamus and uh um uh god i'm blanking on some of the sharky's machine or yeah he he could act to do with an actor serious scary like it's like you're like you play these like heavy parts oh i love where this conversation is going i know although Uh, i have to say like in my head right now i'm kind of combining this like ultimate frankenstein romantic comedy that is a burt reynolds movie where at the end of the movie, they don't wind up together and they sort of think we had a moment. I want to, I want to just mash all these together and create like the ultimate romance. Wow. You're right. That we are, we're, we're slow. We're doing that. Like the way that Eli Wallach assembles his gun and good, the bad, the ugly, <laughs> taking all the best parts and slapping it together. And, and Meredith, I just want to say like, I do think that people probably won't reach for smoking the band and they should, because it is yeah. one of those movies that is what you said, like the romance in it is so fun. It feels so I, I think it is another movie that I found later in life. I didn't find it earlier. And I think, again, if you like a, a Danny McBride kind of a thing, it has elements oh. of that because it's very much a Southern movie, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name too. Jerry, uh, his, uh, his Jerry partner. Reed. Yeah, Jerry Snowman. Reed. Oh, so much good stuff in that way, movie. I got into that movie really, really young. And what I remembered is all the car chases and the jumps and Jackie Gleason yeah. going, you dumb bitch. But I watched it again a few months ago. There are long improvised scenes when Bert and Sally are just driving and they're talking about Stephen Sondheim musicals. Like, whoa, it, I don't remember weird, that. <laughs> yes, I, I swear to God, it's like it's, it's like suddenly you're watching a, like a mumblecore film from the '90s. They're just <laughs> talking, and it has nothing to do with the plot. You're like, and they're so charming together. You can tell that Hal Needham was like, "I'm using all this footage. This is fantastic." Oh, I love that. Uh, these are so far amazing choices. I love Midnight Run in the and and uh, Smoking the Bandit in the mix. These are great. Uh, who? What? What do we got next? They're Anything great. else? Yeah. My second pick is um, 1981's um, Modern Romance. Albert Brooks. Mm. Modern Romance from 1981, directed by Albert Brooks, co-written by Brooks and Monica Johnson. This movie stars himself. He stars in all his best films with Catherine Harold and Bruno Kirby. Is is another great film about a couple that um, is together. They're in love. They break up. They get back together. And even at the end, you can tell, like, they're just stuck in this weird orbit of dysfunction. But it, it, it's so funny and real. There are so many scenes in that movie about how do you – how are you – how can you, it's almost like Albert Brooks is like, what if the two leads, what if the two people in um, the umbrellas of Sherberg 
weren't mature and were actually assholes and couldn't deal with losing love and kept trying back into it. And it's also very realistic, even though it's very cynical. And it has some of the funniest scenes in a comedy I've ever seen. I think Albert Brooks is one of those, uh, you know, again, as we get older, sometimes I feel like people forget certain names. And Albert Brooks has been somebody who the movies that he made are really timeless. I'm thinking about, is it Lost in America? The one where the, yes. it's the reality. There's yes. like, there's so many things where he was ahead of the curve. Lost oh, America is not the reality one, but no, it's no, a real life, real life. Real yes. life completely predicted reality. T- like it, it is scary. The things he got right in that film, he and James Brooks, just and then defending your life too. Yes, and defending oh, your life is another life. one that is like I think sets the bar for what we envision or that that version of like mm-hmm. a more corporate heaven or a, or a, you know this kind yes. of you know this other like but yeah this movie I saw this one again recently and it's uh I love this movie and it also feels and maybe this is just like as a I feel like it's very much Albert Brooks. I mean it's like like I don't know how much like the you know it's like this is what he like he's wrestling with this. This is very much we're watching yes. him. I think that's why he's so uh fantastic in this movie too. Well I have it's a like, weird theory about Albert Brooks in that if you watch Real Life and True Romance, Lost in America and then Defending Your Life, that is the process of Albert Brooks kind of working out all of his demons and kinks. And at the end of Defending Your Life, he actually becomes fully realized and fully actualized and the movies that followed it aren't that good because now he's not tormented anymore and doesn't have great material (laughs) to deal with at the end of defending your life when he's on that tram and he goes off into the future with uh, Meryl Streep and he's actually so you're like that's kind of the end of Albert because he he filmed himself getting over all the things that made him (laughs) funny it's it's amazing that he did it oh Oh, wow I really I don't want to believe that artists have to be troubled but that's Me a really neither, compelling argument. In this case, it might be true. <laughs> oh, Pat, and that's a terrible thing to say because you once we got married and you were like, I'm so happy. You went on all these talk shows and everyone's like, you're so happy now. And then you're like, I know, is that the death of my comedy? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you can find I, said, other I will promise I'll make you miserable <laughs> so that you can <laughs> be funny again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. I love that idea. Oh, have you heard that story that um, Stanley Kubrick went up to Albert Brooks and he was like, I love modern romance. How did you make this movie? I've always wanted to make a movie about jealousy. Wow. Yeah. I would retire after that. If Stanley Kubrick said you made a movie that I always wanted to make, I'm like, well, I'm done. I I did it. it. (laughs) He said it was about jealousy. It is about jealousy, but it's about how two people have fooled themselves into thinking that Love is jealousy. If they're not feeling right. jealousy, then they're not in love with each other. So they keep going. It, it, um, again, I, I don't want to spoil a lot of the comedic surprises, but um, there, there's a uh, there's a classic sequence where he's uh, he's broken up with her. So he's trying to get himself in shape again. And every story he goes into, he's like, I just broke up with my girlfriend. So I need some new vitamins. And the guy immediately starts going, oh, well, then you're going to need like as, as if that's a thing that people right. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I also just want to shout out somebody who I think does a great job with this movie, too. It's like Bruno Kirby, an oh. underrated kind of another oh. person who, you know, you may know him from City Slickers or when Harry met Sally, but just around just always solidly great performances and, you know, uh, yeah, just a really like I love when he pops up and stuff. And uh, yeah, just I. Yeah, everything. We just want to shout yeah. out Bruno Kirby. He's a little I, I Bruno showed Kirby. um I showed uh, Meredith Godfather and Godfather Part two last year and watching Bruno Kirby as a young Clemenza. 
because you're used to Bruno Kirby as this fun, yeah. comedic character. And he's kind of funny in the movie, but then he suddenly is ready just to quietly blow a guy's head off. You're like, oh, that's, oh, he's a, this is a young gangster. Oh my God. Like he was such an amazing actor. Really, really good. And, and to have the, yeah, like, I feel like he, uh, well, I just, yeah, the, one of those guys who I think really could transform in different things and play broad, I mean, to be in broad comedies too, like City Slickers, it's like, that's like oh. a, the most mainstream big movie and hold his own with, you know, great. You know yeah, it's great in that. Yeah. I mean, is the Muppet movie considered a romantic comedy? If you want to make it, if you want to make it. The Muppet movie, 1979. It's a musical. It's a road trip. It is a romance as the Muppets go across the country to Los Angeles. Directed by James Frawley uh, and starring, of course, Jim Henson, Frank Oz, and a huge cast as all of the Muppets, as well as other humans we love. Bob Hope, Madeline Kahn, Carol Kane, Cloris Leachman, Steve Martin, Richard Pryor, Telly Savalas, and even Orson Welles. Again, there's another thing between uh, Fozzie and Kermit. You know, they're best friends. They're like... It's it's not just you know Kermit and Miss Piggy. It's it's well it's the whole company for each other. It's is it a romantic comedy? I don't know. But you know, the dog with his romance talks with Kermit. They talk. They have this very intense re- talk about you know women. You can't live with them. You can't live without them. There's something irresistibleish about them. Do you not know that? <laughs> Like my favorite movie also, the Muppet movie. But I'm saying, you know, what you're saying, I think, Meredith, is which I don't think we think about a lot in when we talk about romantic comedies is like the friendship element of it, right? Because that's the most mm-hmm. important thing. Like a, a good romance, a good relationship really is rooted in this is my best friend. And it also happens yeah. to be the person that I'm spending my life with. But and that I think is what is so I think we've when we talked before about like how rom-coms can be this this thing of like, oh, it's a, like, oh, you got to fall in love in five days or you'll turn back into, you know, the right. nerdy secretary, whatever it is. You know, it's yeah. like we, we get so caught up in that. But the truth is, is like the ones that last are these things that we want is like we want these great relationships, these best friends, people who support yeah. you and get you through things. And and it's not just a game to win. And I think that, that I mean, that's why I always love Harry Met Sally, because it's like you watch an evolution of a friendship, yes, more of yes, a totally, you know, romantic relationship. And I think that's, that that's exactly why. what it is. Uh, it's an evolution of a friendship and and how you become best, how you fall in love with the other person, even as a friend, like you're just like enamored of their talent or their personality or how they make you feel or that they're supporting you in whatever endeavor you're about to go on and that they've got your back and all these things um that is it's it feels romantic to me that that fall into caring i i also think that like what i love about the muppet movie and talking about like the idea of these friends is you have like you have frank oz and jim henson who were very good friends who are looking at each other almost or, you know, I guess looking at monitors, but they're improvising. Like, I mean, you see the camera test for the original Muppet movie. This is like that relationship is, you know, that's all from them. It's it's such an interesting, again, like a very different way of doing a full movie that feels, again, these characters are realized. They're not like... like a lot of the kids movies that you can watch now that are, that don't feel like they have that connection, you know? Um, right. The, yeah. Like oh, that yeah. rainbow connection. Rainbow con- oh, I sang it. I sang it many a time. That was, uh, that was, that was, uh, always out. Honey, that was punny, right? That was, Not del- punny, that was but you know delightful. What I mean. yeah. Meredith, I do have to ask though. I mean, like you have, I want to, I want to tap into your expertise as a person who's like a degree in psychology from Harvard. 
Do you think that Miss Piggy is in a healthy relationship with Kermit? Ooh, good question. I think uh, Miss Piggy is who she is all the time and she loves as much as she can. I think she does love him. I think she admires him as like the good person he is, but she's just very self-centered. And I think Kermit loves her knowing the kind of person she is and allows her to be her true self. Just sort of like, um, you know, Pat, and we were talking about this the other day with Natasha Leggero and her yeah. husband and how you guys have these wives who sort of like to be the center of attention. Well, mm-hmm. I would say Paul too. Yeah, um, my wife does not like to, these, yeah, she's, she will be there, but be she, the center yeah, of attention, yeah. but just that they shine. Mm-hmm. You have yes. a wife who yes, shines, she shines and who's a sparkly personality mm-hmm. and like she's captivating and it seems. And then there's all these like very sweet men behind these kind of bold women and Kermit is sort of like that. And, you know, that he allows Miss Piggy to be who she is and still loves her for all these intricacies in her intricacy. What am I? No, I like that. Do you, but do you, do you think that like Miss Piggy is saying to Kermit, like, get out of your own head? Because there is something about like, he's so worried about the show. He's so worried about trying to do everything. She's like, no, just connect, connect to me. You know, like, I feel like she, he's, he seems to be. Uh, you know, she's trying to make him present in the moment. Maybe, maybe that's how we should be looking at. Maybe it. bring him out of his worry and just into like be free about it. And yeah, um, yeah. But it does seem like those those things. You know, it's like that strong woman, kind man. It's like oh, but Michelle is a strong, strong woman, and Barack is like I. I mean, when I think of Barack Obama, I think of Kermit. They're like the same person. He's like the manly embodiment of goodness and wonderfulness. And um, and I just think when they're different personalities like that and yet they respect each other for who they are, it's kind of amazing. I I love that we're having this deep psychological um, discussion about a pair of felt puppets. But no, but what I'm saying is that shows you the amount of work and humanity that went into these characters. I remember watching Siskel and Ebert talking about the Muppets take Manhattan. And they were talking about how Miss Piggy in the Muppet show was, was not as sure of herself as a movie star as she is in the Muppets take Manhattan, that she's changed and grown. And then it's either Siskel or Ebert had to go, you know, we're talking about puppets. Like, like that's the beauty of these characters is, is that you forget that they're puppets and you really yeah. get into their stories. And it's kind of miraculous that it just, that's the genius of, Jim Henson and Frank Oz and, and all the people that did the voices in that show, they created fully dimensional characters. And you could watch them interact with humans and not feel like they were not equal, right? Like it's Paul, like you watch Patton Charles Dirty. <laughs> oh, Patton and I had the most wonderful opportunity and we went to Sesame Street on the oh. one month anniversary of our wedding. One month we'd been married and we went to Sesame Street. Well, anyway. no, but we, we walked onto the set of Sesame Street and Meredith was holding it together, but then she turned and Big Bird was standing there and she burst into tears and one of the puppeteers immediately had a box of tissues and they're like, this, that's what happens when people walk oh. on the set. Like we were just used to people losing it. But, but yeah. when it's we amazing. were talking about how the characters are so real that, that when they interact with people, right. we, we happen to be on set and we were talking directly with Grover and Cookie Monster Oscar. and the we were ta- we were talking to them and it, you don't you do talk to them like yes. you look down and you can see the person with the puppet and you and you 
And then you start talking to the character and you forget that that person even exists. They're not there. And it's just, and you're like face to face. And I was in tears. I was like, I love you so much. I'm sorry. I'm like this. Oh, you know, it happens all the time. Like they were talking to me and it was the greatest moment of my life. It was the best day of my life I've ever had in my entire life was meeting all the characters. I I have had similar experiences. My my cousin is actually, uh, uh, is works for Jim Henson now and is amazing. And and the work that he does there. And I get like, he gets to do it with my kids every now and then, but I brought my kids on Sesame Street and they're like, they're doing this in front of the kids and you can see the bodies and the kids, everything is zoned out. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's so cute. And, and then it happened to me because I was doing a bit with Waldorf and Statler and all of a sudden I'm doing this bit with Waldorf and Statler and they are having, they're, they're kind of complaining. They're like, oh, you remember the dark crystal? Oh God, that was the, you know, and they're, and they're <laughs> not, they were complaining about how the puppets were hard to maneuver, but fully in character having like it was like i'm watching these two old uh, guys having this like oh yeah but i mean great great experience but i mean that those beaks and the things but they were as waldorf and statler having and i was like this is unreal you just you get didn't so- tell me you'd ever met waldorf and statler they're oh like my, my icons oh they are they yeah, are the best waldorf. it was we asked for them and they came and they were <gasps> everything that you wanted them to be and they were also puppeted by two gentlemen who have been doing it for a yeah. very very long time so I that's remember, the best part of it too there was a there's a there was a martha stewart christmas special on cbs one time and miss piggy was one of the guests and and it's frank oz doing miss piggy and she he clearly goes off script and just starts commenting on all that uh, right. kind of Martha's obsessive compulsiveness and trying to like <laughs> steal some of her equipment. And Martha is losing it. She's laughing so hard. And you hear the crew laughing. It felt like one of those guests who kind of gets out of control and takes over the show. And it's great. It's great footage, but it's a puppet. Right, right. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I love this. Um, I just have one more. Yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. Great. Uh, my last one is a movie that came out in 2015 and did not get any attention. I don't know why. It's a movie called Sleeping with Other People. Oh, yes. Sleeping with Other People from 2015, written and directed by Leslie Headland, starring everybody. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, Allison Brie, Adam Scott, a guy named Manzoukas, I don't know him, Natasha Leone, Adam Brody, and Amanda Peet. Um, one of the most realistic modern romantic comedies about... You, you falling it's almost like the, a more modern version of when harry met sally of two people that are like i'm just cool being friends and they're both hooking up with other people but then slowly start falling in love with each other and then it i don't want to again don't want to spoil a lot of the surprises but it is um just an absolutely amazing uh film uh and and um uh jason manzoukas is jason it? yeah J- i've heard of that guy it's well, one of the best. <laughs> I've heard of him. A couple, I mean, I've heard some things. The the um, I will say this cast is like really a who's who. I mean, you have oh. like it's the Dacus, Alison Brie, Adam Scott, Catherine Waterston, Manzukis, uh, Andrea Savage, Natasha Leone, Adam Brody, Billy Eichner. You know, Jesus. it's it's Amanda Pete. Uh, it's just it's a and Leslie is one of my favorite uh, people. She is a great director and a writer. She uh, is uh, she co-created Russian Doll with Natasha Leone. Uh, wow. 
Um, and she right now is uh, on a top secret Lucasfilm project uh, as one of the biggest Star Wars fans I've ever met in my life. Uh, and she, wow. uh, yes. And, she, and so, but also can tap into this and directed some Black Monday. She's just, uh, I love her and I think she's a great director. And this movie, you're right. I think this f- suffered from fatigue of mumblecore people just assumed it was going to be that and i feel like it had a poster that looked like that we've seen amelia hey it's this it's people sitting on a stoop or whatever it is and also the title is so immediately forgettable it's like the title that i was making fun of like so many romantic comedies have that you know getting kind of silly you're just like yeah right it's just a bunch of words and if they'd given it a different title because it's a it's a really amazing story and so well acted Yes, it really, really is good. And, you know, Leslie comes from the playwriting background. Uh, so I think that she's really got like character and dialogue. It's something yeah. you should definitely go back and seek out. It's one of these movies. I was talking to uh, Zooks about this. There are a couple of these films. I think that you start to call them like plain films because it's like, well, I don't know if I want to waste my time at home watching this. And right. then you see on the plane, oh, that's an interesting cast. And you watch it and then you like all of a sudden are weeping on a plane because you're like, oh, yeah. this got me in a way that I didn't know. And <laughs> and Jason's like, yeah, the majority of people who saw sitting with other people saw it on planes. I got right. millions of, you know, because just is sitting there. And I think that that is, you know, I think that it's interesting that the one thing that we always are looking for love and validation and this connection to our friends in our life, it's like we put off like we're like, Oh, this is, is it worth it to sit home and watch this? I should be watching James mm-hmm. Bond or this. Yeah. And, and something like this is, it really sticks with you so much longer. It's, I love, I love a good. I, uh, I watched it in a hotel room and it was because I was bored and I went through all the movies. Right. And I decided them. And then that one came up. I'm like, well, I know half these, these are my, Oh, I'll watch my friends <laughs> do something. And then 10 minutes into it, I was completely hooked. And I'm like, this movie's fucking great. I know it's like and I think we just got I think people just got burned by uh, an amount of movies that looked the same poster wise. And that's and that's the fault of marketing like that is, you know, that has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, But, you know, this is premiered at Sundance and uh, yeah, just so, so good and got great reviews. Um, reviews, uh, Meredith, do you want to end us up on any anything? Take us home, Meredith. Yeah. No, no, I, no, I, 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 I said Muppet movie, and right. and as long as that's in here, I'm happy. All right, you got, you get, you, both of you had amazing. These are, this is great. Amy, we have a, a bunch of uh, great films here. I mean, we have everything from the Muppet movie to the uh, Umbellas of Shoreborg. Uh, like, I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, I feel like this is this is a week's worth of great watching right here. Uh, yeah. And, all, and my, all my things- heart is full. I have bitmojis <laughs> for this occasion of what I'm feeling right now. Lots of cartoons of me holding mini hearts or hearts with <laughs> muscles or cakes that look like hearts. And I just want to remind people that uh, the podcast is called Did You Get My Text with Meredith and Patton. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and what has been like the most fun of for you to now be doing? Now you've done it for a while. Like what what has been the most fun to take your actual text and now bring it into a podcast? And do you feel like now that you're saving things in your text messages to bring to the show or like, yeah, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely thinking more in terms of, oh, is this something we can talk about or is this a topic? that will sustain. But the right. most fun is when I send her a text or something to talk about, and then she responds to it from an angle or a perspective that I didn't see coming. That is never not great and entertaining for me. And I love it. I oh. love it. 
It is. Uh, it's such a treat. And I feel like anyone who has texted while you're sitting on the couch, texted your partner <laughs> while you're sitting on the couch next to them in the same room, in the same right. house. This is this is where we are. We're in this world, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, sometimes uh, there is uh, June and I could be laughing in bed, sitting side by side. And it's like uh, we are connecting, even though we are looking at a screen. But I think that <laughs> but there's something to be said for that. Uh, I love it all. Um, Meredith Patton, thank you so much for being here. And uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank, yeah. Thank you guys, guys for having so us. This fun. is so fun. You're yeah. so funny and great, and this is awesome. These are such great picks. Thank you, Patton and Meredith. Great choices. Uh, I cannot wait to dig back into that. It actually made me happy talking about these movies. Um, well, that is all for top three. If you have ideas for guests or maybe even different segments that we could do on this show to celebrate movies like this, uh, join our Discord at discord.gg slash paulshear. There's an entire unspooled section waiting for you to jump in. It's free, and I have to say, it's a beautiful community. Um, we'll see you next time for Unspooled Top 3. Top 3.